I just love to give them a lot. Hey, was... cool cats and kids! <laughs> <laughs> I was about to get started. Hi, I'm, it's Mario Bufamante. Adds 10 minutes to Mario. Is that the thing? <laughs> Every time. Why, hello there, and welcome back to the Clubhouse with Mariano Bufamante. I'm your host, Mariano. As always, I want to thank you guys for coming back if you've been here for the past few weeks, and if you're new here too, thanks for showing up as well. Before we get started, I want to remind you all to make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and all the forums you receive my sweet voice notes on. Also, we're on Instagram. If you don't know, follow us at the Clubhouse MB for housewife memes, required readings for upcoming episodes, and more of me bitching about all the things I love to hate. We have some people to introduce who are back in the Clubhouse for more. I can't wait to get these good times rolling yet again. So welcome back, Stephen DeMarco and Sabrina Musto to the Clubhouse for our throwback special episode. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello there. Thank you. Thank Why you. hello there in your, in your own <laughs> words. Why hello there. All right, good. So to get started, I want to all go around. I want to start start by stirring the pot a little bit. I want everybody to go around and we're all going to say our favorite throwback moments of each other. However, keep it PG, please. This is not going against the inside joke. Yes. Why? Yes. It's going to give us just a little bit of background on each May other. May I go first? Yes. One time, I was in the mall with Sabrina, and we're walking past this blind kid, and she just she just pushes him over. She just pushed him over. It was sickening. I think this is one of your fake stories again. I, I merged them, actually. What did you merge? The real ones with the fake ones. And what was real about that story? That you and Sabrina went to the mall together? I forgot who actually, <laughs> actually kicked the blanket. <laughs> Alright, well that was a great... Thanks for the introduction. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Sabrina, do you have a good throwback about anybody here? Um, Give me it. Not again. Not again. This is what he does. Give me back a pen, the pencil. I have a pretty good throwback okay. with Mario when three years ago, Aww. when three years ago, he tried to ruin my birthday. Oh God, here we, here we go. And I told here him that go. I was going to punch him in the throat. <laughs> and I never did it, but we'll see how today goes. Oh, I love that so and much. And why did you guys end up speaking again? It's too much. It's why did you guys end up speaking again? Because of me? Because of you. Against his he, then girlfriend's better judgment. Oh my God, that was, I, that was, the rest of that day for me was pretty rough. Because of the rekindling, but I've never seen someone so mad that two people <laughs> do not want to kill each other. <laughs> um, all right, what's my throwback? Oh, I actually have a good throwback. So when me and Steven first started being friends, we went to we were supposed to meet at the Bay Plaza Mall. So I show up, I wait 45 minutes, he's not there. I'm like, where where like did you get lost? I'm texting him, oh, is everything okay? He was like, yeah, there's just like a lot of traffic. Meanwhile, he lives closer to the mall than I do. He shows up finally. He says he says that um, he had to wait for the mailman to come. I was like, okay, that's a great reason to keep me waiting for 45 minutes. It was the holidays. Then, I was waiting for a package. Then, no, because that was a lie. The the mailman was a lie. It was be oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was that was the truth. The day goes on, we're about like an hour in. He was like, all right, I gotta go. I was like, oh, you're leaving already? And he was like, oh yeah. He goes, I'm going to meet up with everybody else to go ice skating. So have a great day. You you don't want to come or anything. I'm gonna go ice skating. Have fun. With it was who? like, great. With you guys. Oh. You, Crispin, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, Christina really 
my fiance who's not here right now. <laughs> Christina really never liked when outsiders were involved in our activities. I honestly could tell. Because and also, Mario was really gracie at the time. He wasn't good for our <laughs> brand. Oh, yeah. Because your, your brand was <laughs> had, so great. We all had porcelain skin at the time. All right, good. So let's get into it now. This week, we are going to be talking about all things throwback, including our favorite moments from One Tree Hill, the masterpiece that is the Lizzie McGuire movie, a look back at what our favorite throwback singles are, and plenty more. We're going to be hitting all my favorites, including the tech update, screening room, main stage, Netflix top 10, our controversy of the week, or who said that, a positive story in the helpful hand of hope, and always laid out with what shows we're going to be recapping next week so you guys can follow along as well. So without further ado, let's get started. First up in the tech update. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but Facebook is starting to merge Instagram and the Messenger chats together in their new update. So when you go on to Instagram now, you're going to see like a pop-up when you go into the messages section and it's going to say that you're now connected to the Facebook Messenger app, which is like kind of weird. Did anybody see this? Did it happen just, to anybody's phone yet? It's like, why? Yeah, I know. What was the reason? I think they're trying to better kind of like integrate between Facebook and Instagram together because Instagram is obviously like the future of like what Facebook is. So I think that's kind of like the merging reason. I think they should better integrate Facebook and Facebook because <laughs> there's no reason that Facebook and Messenger are two different apps like currently. That is very true. It makes but it no was sense. originally one. Yeah, like, yeah it was. Do messages on For Facebook, no reason and they split it's two apps. Right. Like there's no benefit to this. I They're, also like just let Facebook be what it's Facebook. for. Facebook old does not people. need to be Instagram. <laughs> old people. Like there's not many old people on Instagram. No, there's not. Well, yeah. So like, anyone this... over the age of 29... Facebook. 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 What are we going to do? We're though? climbing up that Yeah, tree. when we go to 29, are you are we supposed to just like drop Instagram and Who go specifically to? around too? by then. True. TikTok. Well, TikTok. We're too old for TikTok. Is the perfect transition because secondly, on the tech update, President has given TikTok an extension to their deadline. So instead of it being September 20th, the new deadline is November 12th. So for all of you who are TikToking all day long, you have a little bit more time to go. All I have to TikTok say is, all day. if the rumors are rumors and China's stealing our information, they now have 45 more days to steal they, our info. And they are crafty! They will they're do just mining it. And if they're not, then we have nothing to worry about. Finally, in the tech update, we have Fortnite versus Apple and Google. Fortnite decided that they were going to basically violate one of Apple's policies that says if there are any in-app purchases they have to be made through their app store fortnite knew that and decided to basically like kind of like turn on a switch that makes purchasing directly through the app a capability uh apple immediately saw that banned the app from their app store and then almost minutes later at least it seemed on our end Fortnite had a 62-page lawsuit ready to go saying that, like, this is a, like, a monopoly they're trying to create. Like, this is, like, stifling creativity. The whole thing, they had a fucking ad spot out of, like, kind of like a reimagined version of their 1984 ad that was, like, um, putting Microsoft as, like, the, the gray 
Big Brother and now like Apple's the Bay Gray Big Brother. Um, so like huge, huge like back and forth jabbing. And then Google got in this too because Google has a similar policy than Apple's. I think Apple's is more restrictive. But um, Fortnite did the same thing on the Google Play Store. They put on their direct um, purchasing option. Google saw it, pulled them. What do you guys feel about this? I mean, good for Fortnite. They're really... Like, listen, Apple owns the world. These big companies, they own the world. You have to do what they say. And when you create your own business, you create your own game, and it takes hours and hours of hard work and blah, 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 and it's an instant success, and everybody loves it. Why do I have to follow the rules of Apple? Just because they own the marketplace, but then on the flip side, they own the marketplace. So is it worth it to just follow their rules and have your game in their Apple store? But I see it both ways. I think it's hard either way. I think they are fighting a losing battle. They're wasting their own time um, because now they're not making any money. Who? Fortnite via their app. Sure, you know, well, because they got banned. Yeah, because they knew what they, but they knew what they were doing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. This was a plan to. So they're foregoing seventy percent, which is still greater than zero percent. So just, I mean, ultimately, Apple's probably going to win. Like they, this is like so many people have tried to like fight Apple on this. Like, it's their marketplace. So they, everybody should just lay down and die for Apple. But it's it's their marketplace. If you do want to be in Apple's marketplace, you have to play by their rules. Well, they they were... This wasn't the first time that somebody's brought this up to, like, Apple's attention. Quote no, unquote, no, Apple's no attention. definitely not. I think it was, like, a year or two ago that they had this still 30% thing. And they said Apple changed their policy to read that for the first year, it's 30%. After that, or, like, if you hit certain metrics, it goes down to 15 So I'm presuming that Fortnite had hit and went well beyond whatever metrics so for them to be taking 15 or 30 percent seems like the amount of money that fortnite is bringing apple there should be some sort of deal made they made a deal with amazon apple can survive without fortnite fortnite probably still can survive without apple however apple builds the phone apple builds the software apple builds the app store they host all this stuff related to the phone the app you know it's all you know that's what apple's taking their cut for like, yeah. there's a lot that Apple had to do to really set the stage for Fortnite to be like, here's our app and you can play it on Apple devices. Right, 100%. But if Fortnite is bringing in so much money, like, a, but, so, but like such a live, large amount. Apple can live without Fortnite. Apple can live without Fortnite. I, mean, I, I would mean, argue that Fortnite can live without Apple. Then they should just not be involved with each other anymore. Well, that's what it's it looks <laughs> like. That's what Fortnite's trying to do. Like, Fortnite can't, like, go into Apple's house and be like, I don't like this decor. Well, the the way that Fortnite kind of framed their lawsuit in the beginning, they used very, like, uh, layman's terms kind of thing because they knew it was going to be out to the masses. And the first, basically, page, which they were expecting so many people to see, was painting Apple to be this giant, like, bad villain. Basically, like, Apple's a villain. We're the good guys. Like, we're trying to be here for you. And this is this might be a huge swing. It's like, dramatic. It's going to be a swing and a hit or a swing and a miss. I'm not saying it's true or that I believe it, but that's a compelling narrative elite that they have yeah. to. To oh, say, like, yeah. we're just the little guy. Right, of course. Apple's the big bully. I mean, right. it's a compelling narrative. It's what it sounds like they're especially, trying to go for. Especially to other apps who have the same problem. What starts happening if all the apps band together? Mm -hmm. And they're like, then, Apple's the devil. Uh, unions. Am unions right? and app union. <laughs> Can we get in on that? <laughs> Anchor is an app. I don't know. It's where we're like hosted. Monopolies don't make themselves monopolies. Like consumers make large companies bigger. Like in this room. Well, 
Really? If you buy enough companies, okay. if the big company buys enough companies. Mario, count the Apple products in this room. I think the other part of it too is like Fortnite saying there's nowhere else we could go with this. Right, exactly. We don't and have that's the problem. Option. That's like, the there problem. There is no alternate to Apple for us to bring this business. Like we either have to succumb to Apple and or do like what make they a want. handheld device. Right. For just for Fortnite, which yeah. who's going to buy that? They were made famous on Xbox. They were not made famous on iPhones. 100%, but they're reaching a whole new demographic. Somebody who doesn't have an Xbox now is able to be involved in Fortnite because of because I, of that. To some extent, of I, I understand, but you cannot play the victim narrative of, like, we're the little guy and just be like, oh, Apple's been doing it this way for how long the App Store's been around, what, 12 years at this point? Something like They're that. They're just going to walk in and say, well, we don't like it, so please change it for us. Like, they can fight it out in court. I don't think... I don't think that listen, Fortnite is the first person who's saying something You're right, like they haven't, and other companies have lost. I don't think they're... <sighs> legally, I don't see what their, like, argument is. Legally. I think they're trying to say to make a more fair marketplace. They're trying to say that Apple's cut is too much. It's, it's that it's becoming detrimental to their business. Right. Also, like if Apple turned around tomorrow and was like, "Give me fifty percent," how many right. of those apps would do it? Just because they said they said to. But fifty percent is, there, is right? still better than zero percent of what the company would make if they were. But then, off how the is it, how completely. is that a, if you're if you are basically breaking a company by saying that you have to give me fifty percent? Well, that's they, they wouldn't say fifty percent. We're talking but about that, I'm, I know, but that's the example that you're using. That's but what why I'm saying. It okay? It's like the a musicians. Lot. It's fine for them. It's not. There's so many. There's so many like uh, signatures, petitions, whatever. Taylor Swift literally withheld her entire discography from Apple Music for that reason. I know. So it's like this isn't like clearly this is, and I don't think it's an Apple specific because she had the same problem with Spotify too, and they're not affiliated to Apple at all. But it's like these kind of things, like the artists getting paid or like the creators getting paid by these big companies. Like there's a disparity there. So anywho. Um, but yeah, I think, I guess we're going to have to see how this shakes out and what ends up coming of this. Because this could be big. If they do sway for the side of Fortnite, it could change a lot. Okay, <laughs> let's get started with the One Tree Hill. Are you I was just serious. testing it. Is it ready? Yeah, it's ready. What is it? It's good stuff. I think we only need one phone, right? No. <laughs> this is copyrighted. It's copyrighted. It's copyrighted. Is she crazy? What is, is she it? Crazy? What is it? It's the, the theme song? It's the theme song. Oh. oh. Okay. I don't think they're going to find a little love. Okay. Hold on. So, we are going to be doing a our top moment of One Tree Hill after our expansive viewing party. Oh, we're okay. So we'll do bottom moments first, and then we'll do the top moments. Top bottom five, top five. So at number five on our bottom five list, this won't be confusing for anyone. I think we have to clarify that by bottom five, we don't mean that these are bad moments, poorly executed. Oh, okay, okay. These are amazing, like heartbreaking, like some of the worst, like most gut-wrenching moments. Oh, absolutely. Not to say that it was something bad that they or did, they did or in taboo. production. Or taboo. These were just the worst of the worst, best moment. Like, best moment. Yes. 100%. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you for the clarity. All right. All right. I'm sure. It, we are back on. We're back happens. on. Oh, my God. We had a minor technical difficulty. <laughs> Uh, we missed a half hour of audio footage because Mario 
I'm gonna uh, throw up. Like, are we using Adele? I, I don't. I, like, I don't know what happened. All right, like, we're speeding it up. We're speeding okay. it up. We're speeding it up. All right. This is the second round of the One Tree Hill top five. It's and now one a.m. We've been here all day. Okay. Oh my god. Honorable mention for the worst moments. So we will be starting at like the least intense moments and getting up to the number one most intense worst. Most moment. intense. Okay. So honorable mention is when Brooke saves Jamie in the car, season eight, episode eleven. For the viewers, you may remember this as one of the many Tree Hill storms. Um, they are driving on the bridge, and the car, which you later find out, is a driver that is connected to none other than Nathan Scott, crashes into the car, spins it off the road, it's sinking, and Jamie's trapped in his seatbelt. Very intense moment. You see Brooke shine and <laughs> use her eyebrow scissors which by the way in real life i don't think that's actually going to work no no, no. i no, no. have eyebrow scissors <laughs> locked and locked in my bag at all times after that episode serena was like i need them at all times just in case i need to get myself out so i don't have to 137 hours my torso what? <laughs> you could not do that <laughs> with the eyebrow scissors i would live stream it for the i would obviously live stream it for the clubhouse instagram i don't thank you so much for that anyway moving along she does save jamie um Number five is the whole Nathan kidnapping, Dan dying sequence. So this is pretty much all of season nine. It streams multiple episodes. Nathan is kidnapped, taken to this warehouse. And I think it's the third or fourth to last season in the whole series. Dan shows up, guns blazing. (laughs) With his posse. With his ragtag (laughs) posse of Chris Keller and Julian. Takes out like ten guys, but does get shot in the process in the next episode dies. I you have just spoiled Montreal for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Spoiler alert. I mean, Spoiler alert. They all knew. That's why we do let everybody know in advance what the recaps are going to be so that they, there's no spoilers involved. But I must say, season nine, I really didn't like it. Like, I, I, I didn't like season nine as a whole. Nathan's whole kidnapping situation, I felt like it was like too drawn out. Like, oh, it was amazing to see him like come back together with the whole shebang. Haley running into his arms in the airport. But um, yeah, didn't love it, I must say. Um, uh, we're all entitled to our <laughs> wrong, wrong opinions. opinions. Wrong opinion. The next moment is number four, season eight, episode 18. This one was truly a sad one. This is when Haley goes into labor at the same time that Brooke's adoption falls through. Oh, God. I mean, horrible. In general. I I, I don't know. I haven't yeah. experienced this personally. But I have to imagine that showing up to the hospital thinking you're about to adopt, like, your own new baby and it falls through must be horrible. Oh, my God. Let alone your best friend is having the best day of her life welcoming her own child, Amir, Two doors down because there's only one hospital in Tree Hill. And in true Brooke fashion, by the way, with tears in her eyes, though, she still congratulated Haley. A stoic queen. Oh, God. But love her. a very sad moment for mm-hmm. all the viewers, mm-hmm. all the Brooke fans. Okay. Number six. Nope. Number three. <laughs> Not even a six on the list. <laughs> Number three is season six, episode five, when Nanny Carrie kidnaps Jamie and Deb shoots her. The Deb shooting her is a good moment, but the whole kidnapping the whole, sequence uh, is just too crazy, much, too bad much, moment. Too much, too much, Honestly, that was one of my 
favorite plot lines of the show. <laughs> like, it's terrible that it happened in the show, of course. But that entire, like, just, just the, like, mobile, like, the mobilizing of the characters to try to find Jamie. Uh. Then, like, how it ends out. Nanny Karen's, like, motivate Nanny Carrie. <laughs> Nanny Carrie's <laughs> motivations for it. Just... She kidnaps Dan like a month in advance. <laughs> Nanny Carrie was stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> We're not going to sympathize. Oh my God. That. Are you serious? She loved, she loved Jamie. She wasn't his mom. How do you reconcile those two things? Not by kidnapping him. There's no justification. That's your opinion. Oh, we have a Nanny <laughs> Carrie apologist here, everybody. Okay. All right. I see the ying. You see the gang. Of a sociopath. <laughs> Moving uh, forward. Moving uh, uh, uh. along to season four, episode nine. Haley is hit by a car. Oh, God. Right outside Karen's cafe. On purpose? Yes. <laughs> On purpose. Two things that make this so much worse. The first is that it is none other than her husband, Nathan Scott's fault that this happened. Yeah. Well, he was just trying to provide for his family. Nathan's so we trash. love a family-oriented king. Um, but Doing what he needs to do. Still, it was ultimately his fault. Yes. And what makes that second worse is that everybody was coming off the high of winning the state championship. It was all celebrations. She was like at Karen's, not drinking, of course. Of course. Of course. Whatever. But probably just wanted to go home and like put her feet up. Long day. <laughs> pregnant. And did you mention she was pregnant already? Pregnant. Yes. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. If I did I was going to say that's the third worst part of that. <laughs> that she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. She was pregnant. And bam, out of nowhere, the car comes. <laughs> but I was, I was, I was, you, were, you had to have been expecting in a season finale, things are going too well for them. It was not even a finale. Happen. It was episode nine. I think it was like the the winter finale. Winter of finale, the, yeah, of course. All right, because I watched it in real time. For example, like you posers. For example, you're at Cheesecake Factory with your friends. Oh, you're ordering everything on the menu. It's all delicious. <laughs> it's, all delicious. It's, all, it's all delicious. The check comes and you're like, "What are we spending at this glorified diner?" This is just. I mean, it's a, it was good nonetheless, but it was like. You were confused about it. <laughs> this has didn't to do with sit them. well with you. Oh, like I, nothing was happening to them. Exactly. And then the car is like, what happens when you realize that the Cheesecake Factory is a bad idea? <laughs> it's like, it hits you out of nowhere. With, True. Like, Usually in the form of diarrhea. <laughs> True. Oh, dear. Can I just point out? Too much sour cream. I mean, <laughs> everywhere. It's just sour cream. All right, we're moving on. Oh, God. We had a uh, pre, pre-show, pre-show oh, snack. Yes. It was a snack. It was a... And the number one most gut-wrenching, you guessed it, it's basic. <laughs> we know. A regular whodunit. But it's Keith it Scott's was. Cold Blood Murder, season three, episode 16. What are your thoughts? It was terrible. It was literally, like, the entire situation of, like, the school shooting. Like, I was... I watched this in real time as it was happening. So, like, imagine me... Like, when, when, he imagine. Was th- when he was three years old. <laughs> he, he has fond memories of it. I did! I did! I wasn't like, you, you guys not posers. not convince me that an eight-year-old was watching an episodic drama series every single it week. Was pr- it was scheduled TV in my house. Me, my sister, and my cousin would come over, we would bake cookies, and we would watch One Tree Hill. Yeah. It was a thing. You and were- to see, like, listen, at that age, like, seeing... A school like shooting that happened that was like of itself like terrible and then for Keith to die I feel like at that point I was like very like what if like I wasn't um 
I wasn't as emotionally attached as I could be to these characters. But in my elder ages, I've realized, like, Keith dying, like, he was supposed to be, like, the male role model for the show. He was. Was supposed to be. Right. And for him to, like, get, like, to be killed in that way by his own brother, Dan, was such a fucking shock. But here's the worst thing, too, about it was Jimmy Edwards, a.k.a the shooter in the episode prior right or the car the episode it was a two episode like story. event yeah yes he got the Blame. ultimate rap until like yeah. season later when a season later when they found out it was actually dan was but for dan. the whole time you know he went down as like the guy who murdered keith scott and it wasn't even him Which was i cannot imagine how confusing all these plot lines were for an eight-year-old <laughs> All right. Still had placenta on him. He's watching. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Do you want to, you teased your feelings toward Dan a little bit. Like I said, it was Keith's time. Was- what? Oh, First yeah. of all, actually, <laughs> production-wise, it wasn't Keith's time. They didn't want Keith to die. They basically made him die for ratings. That's literally how I feel about you. It was going down, <laughs> so they needed to do something exciting. But that is like Dan killing Keith was the like most terrible thing that could happen. I agree. I mean, it, I don't even think anything happened on the show after that that comes close to that. Nothing. Oh. Nothing, nothing. Okay, good. Okay. He, you rede- agree? he redeemed himself. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm still not backtracking on me saying that... Being his, a Dan apologist. redemption arc. I mean, I would say, like, that Quentin being shot in the gas station was on par. But again, oh like... Oh my God, that was There wasn't the same terrible. attachment. I get what you're nah, saying. Uh-huh. That was also, like, an accident. No, it wasn't. What? It, they weren't like killing. He went in the gas station. Okay, he went in the gas station during a holdup. Yeah, and no, the, but, yeah. I, it wasn't but they like, had already shot the gas station yes. tech, and they shot him on the way out. Yes. Horrible. But still. they weren't even, like, "We're here to kill Quentin. We were waiting for you. Like now you're dead." But it that was, was even more because it was place, like an, wrong time. It was an That's accident, was. which makes it more like even innocent. Like it was yeah. such an innocent. And he death. was so young that it was okay. Oh, yes. Whatever. Um, we talk about it all day. Moving on <laughs> to the top happy moments that oh. we love to love. I love it. Number. Zero honorable mention. <laughs> um, honorable mention is season three, episode fourteen, when they go to the classic in Charlotte. Mm. This to me was just like a masterpiece of an episode. Everyone's vibes are so good. It's like a few episodes. Actually, it is two episodes before Keith is murdered, and you just see like the last moments that everybody is such a good just, setup. Is genuinely happy. Like yeah. I think that that's what it was. It was like we need to make everybody as happy as they can. To just rip it away. Rip it away. And so they're, Haley and Nathan are back together. They're back on track. Keith and Karen are there together. They're thriving. They're happy. We see um, Brooke and her sequence in New York trying to decide if she wants to, like, be a grown-up and stay or go back to her friends and be, like, still be a kid. Ultimately, she decides to go back. So many good moments. Ultimately, at the end, when they're all on stage dancing, just having a ball. I mean... It's like the last twinges yeah. of happiness before yeah. the worst. Before the most terrible thing happens. Uh, number five is the season nine finale episode where Logan calls Quinn mom. So I don't know if this is a controversial take, <laughs> but Clay and Quinn obviously came on season seven to replace Payne and Lucas, who had decided to leave the series. Peace out. I thought that Clay and Quinn were a great audition I loved them I thought that like they I didn't feel the void of 
Peyton and Lucas leaving. As much. Because yeah. I think they were such a great addition. And, like, I loved their story and their drama that they had with their, like, stalker. Mm-hmm. And I just think that in the last episode, you know, this little boy, like, finally, I don't know, being reunited with his father, mm-hmm. and Clay, and then accepting Quinn Innes, his mother. That was such a nice moment. It was a rewarding kind of, like scene to have for Quinn. I personally, because I know you mentioned about them being like a replacement for um, Peyton and Lucas. I like didn't necessarily see them as like replacements, but just like additions to the show. With that being said, do I think they're they're like the best additions? No. Do I think they were needed because we lost two? Yeah. Who was better? Like what coming on to the show people that were not OG, like in the later seasons, are better than Clay and Quinn. Oh. Julian? Yes. Maybe, yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I like Julian. I think yeah. he's in the pack with them. Jaina Kramer. No. No. Oh, my God. Number four is a very long-awaited moment in oh. season six, episode 24, when Nathan finally makes it to the NBA. I mean, I think that that goes without saying. It's just... It was almost too perfect of a moment. Like, it had to be his hometown, Charlotte <laughs> Bobcats... Like, a 10-minute drive to where they play. Hmm. It Like, after everything that happened to him, I it, mean, was, it was... I mean, look at his brand. arc, right? Nathan's arc. From, like, the high school star going, like, commits to Duke, mm-hmm. gets involved in scandal, loses his scholarship, goes to some random college, but still as, excels to the... About to be in the NBA. Bam. Not he Nathan. finally, <laughs> like, whatever... Gets out of his wheelchair. He starts to walk again. And finally, NBA. I, I have to be honest. I, out of everybody on the show, and we've had many, I really didn't love Nathan. Like, Nathan was probably my, like, least favorite character. That is I, not a hot take. <laughs> it's not a hot take? No. A I lot of people don't like Nathan. Ice cold. That's a bad take. Oh, 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 oh. I th- no, because I, I feel like I'm like the outlier in this kind of opinion. You are. Like, you are. Haley is amazing. And their relationship, amazing. But him, I don't love it. I yeah. have to be honest. Right. Ice, ice cold take. Well, mm-hmm. it's my take. And I stand by it. Says, says mm-hmm. the person most closely aligned with mouth on the show. <laughs> 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 Dan Scott. <laughs> Dan Scott in the flesh. That's okay. a good one. Oh my god. That no. is rich. Like a Wendy's Frosty. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what did I call him before? I can't remember. See, it's, it's you've ruined you ruined it. I know. The dog that ate Dan Scott's heart. Yeah. <laughs> that would never happen in real uh, life. Or, uh, Why Dan, would a dog eat a heart? Dan Scott's prison guard. Uh, <laughs> he's warden. He's Dan Scott's a warden. Yeah. It's, a two, it's a tag team every time I'm on the show. <laughs> He's like, so tell me more about your work. I'm really interested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving along. Um, number three, season eight, episode 22. Bridging back to the previous moment that we talked about with Brooke is she finally has her twins. Love it. Davis and Jude, beautiful, healthy baby boys. We love it for her. Yes. We're just so thrilled. And honestly, the absolute dichotomy of my take on Nathan Brooke is my favorite character. She's the best. She's the She's absolute best. She's my favorite character. I love her. Well. Her her arc, her trials, her tribulations, all of it. Just phenomenal. Wrongo. I see you looking over there. If she... Of the main people that were on like every season of the show, she's the best. If character-wise, 
I like Quinn. Quinn? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I like Quinn too. I agree, but Brooke is the best. But she came in very know, like, late in comparison to I wouldn't else. say she's the best character on the show. Yeah. Year, she was only... True. Okay. Number two is another basic one. <laughs> but we have to. We have to do it. Season four, episode nine. Moments after the state championship. Confetti, Confetti everywhere. Everywhere. Things were going too well. <laughs> um, Lucas spots Peyton, and he raw goes right up to her, Ugh. and he says, "You know, Peyton, it's you, the one that I want with me when all my dreams come true." Is oh you. my god! And they finally like make out until the cows come home. <laughs> and, a little southern reference. <laughs> and all is well. With them for a brief stint of time. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I have to be the bearer of unpopular opinions again. I didn't love Peyton. Like, I didn't. I felt like her, like, where she started, like, that, this dark soul of a girl and, like, this, like, everything's blue skies kind of, like, place to turn into this, like, loving, like, whatever, they ride off into the sunset with her, their kid in the backseat of the car. Like, it just, somewhere did not connect for me. Yeah, but people grow and change. Oh, 100%. But I feel like her arc should have been, like, something different than everybody else's. Like, she got the same kind of, like, let's say, happy ending as Haley and Nathan did. And theirs should have went there because that's always something that, like, they wanted or like everybody wanted for them happiness 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 but like in that kind of like nuclear family setting for lucas and peyton you wouldn't see like these two like loner kids in the corner wearing like fucking like whatever like just being so you're saying because they always suffered they deserved (laughs) for that to continue in perpetuity (laughs) no 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 (laughs) not the suffering part but i feel like they could have been like the the alternative well let's ask sabrina as a self-proclaimed master of the underworld (laughs) how how do you envision you bring yourself out of the depths of hell in the next five to six years well i I guess i'll let you know in five to six years i guess i mean it doesn't look like i'm getting rid of her we'll come back to the i've tried so many times will i excel to fun ant material or remain a dark soul. A we'll dark see. soul. I don't know. <laughs> it's up for debate. It's, okay. it's, I don't know. It's up, up to like. She got highlights too. It's like, I'm fun. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the worst. I have highlights. You know, it's just like. Any who's it's. Let's move on. <laughs> Number uno. Um, I love it. We're here. Okay. Number one is an underrated moment, I think, that many people forget about. It's not one of the big ones. It's pretty <laughs> understated. Okay. In season three, episode 13, mm-hmm. another Tree Hill Storm. Love it. Um, typical of them. Typical. <laughs> typical. Um, we see that Haley has just come back from her tour. Mm-hmm. And things are really bad with her. And Nate, they're on the fritz with her and Nathan. He's like kind of iced her out. You know, he's not ready to let her back in yet. He has a goatee. No, he does not. <laughs> are um, you serious? But they're in her kitchen and they get trapped together in the storm and she says to him, you know, I know that you were not proud of me during this time, like, because whatever, she had left him. And he runs out into this crazy storm and he goes in his car and he's got a box and it's all the newspaper clippings and headlines from every city that she visited while she was on her tour. So you find out, like, 
You he know, was the whole time, and he says to her, "He was like, I was upset, but I was, I was always proud of you." Yeah. And then he picks her up, and they make out till the cows come home. <laughs> oh, another <laughs> southern reference. Till the cows come home. In the rain on the hood of his car. Yeah. And missing you plays, and it's a great song. You should all check it out. I fully endorse it. Honestly, um, I have to say this really like I have to. Although I don't get behind. Nathan, as a character, I do get behind their relationship. 100%. I think theirs was the relationship to be. And I loved this moment because it really set them up. Like, yeah, like as, you know, the series goes on, they do have some of their own problems, like whatever, as typical in these kind of shows. But that this was like them finally becoming them forever. You yeah, know? like this was their moment. And then they exactly. Were like, it was solid. Um, I just wanted to give the background on the phrase till the cows come home. <laughs> um, the jury's out online. There's two different buckets that this uh, origin comes from. Either one, the cows return to the barn for their milking at a given time late each night, but it's always late. It's never early. It's always late. Or two, if a cow runs away or escapes, it doesn't return, unlike horses, which will return to their stable as such till the cows come home is an indefinitely long time. <laughs> That's tea. <laughs> Thank you so much for the newsroom update on what that phrase meant. Also, thank you, Sabrina, for the top five, bottom five moment um, segment. It was great. I have many talents. <laughs> Bachelor historian and One Tree Hill historian. Don't get me started on Vampire Diary. Oh, God. All right. Maybe we'll go and there. she also sells small devilish relics in her spare time. <laughs> Check out her Etsy. Oh, my God. All Check right, out her Etsy. So, let's move For on. Small scaled replicas of the devil. <laughs> it's, no, it's rumors. It's rumors. It's never been proven true. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. Let's move on. More things in the screening room. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is supposed to be rebooted as a drama. Oh, also, all these uh, screening room updates, these few before we get into the Lizzie McGuire movie, which is our piece de resistance of this episode. We have a game. <laughs> is all about throwback stuff. So, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is supposed to be rebooted into a drama. Moesha is trying to be rebooted as well. Brandy said in an interview that she is talking to somebody after um, the show came on Netflix. It had such a huge kaboom of people watching it. They were like, why not capitalize on this opportunity? Um, there's also supposed to be a Clueless series reboot in the works at Peacock, which is NBC's new streaming service that's Diane focused, Diane focused. Um, it's supposed to be that Cher disappeared and how does Dee deal with the pressures of being the new most popular girl in school while also unraveling the mystery of what happened to her best friend. I hope that they keep with the same kind of- and Keep like, the vibe. Keep, keep the vibe. That's the best way to say it. Keep the vibe. And lastly, in reboot throwback situations, this was this couldn't work better. Worked out better for us. That we literally had the four different reboots kind of like announce or have some sort of drama this week. I have my own issues with it. Like everything doesn't <laughs> have to be a reboot. Oh Leave yeah, it alone. yeah, yeah. I feel like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air one is probably the most obscure because they're trying to make it into a drama. Yeah. Which like, how is that going to work? Where is it going to go? I mean, I could go on this forever, so we're not going to. But oh, I just think that like. Remaking movies and reboots, like just come up with your own original idea. There's nothing left, seriously. 
There's always something. There's nothing, like literally nothing. There's left. always a Game of Thrones that comes out of the woodworks. But don't get me started on that so then, pile of hot garbage. Fake news. Oh God. <laughs> I do not like that show. Oh, and so finally, in these kind of news, we have the creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Koziak, Brian. Consizico, I'm butchering his name. doesn't sound like the first time you tried to <laughs> Butchering his name. They have left Netflix's live action remake of the Avatar due to creative differences. So this actually was some big news. On Twitter, on their Instagram, there was like a whole bunch of like back and forth. Um, basically, Michael and Brian are saying that, or like some sort of leaked rumors is happening that Netflix is trying to recreate Avatar in a way that they're pushing up the character's age. They're making it more of like a um, like a drama that's sex, blood, Avatar. Like something like that. And like... What a sentence. That's not... Yeah, that's not Avatar. Like they're supposed to be kids for a reason. It's It plays the innocent. It plays for these huge decisions need to be made by little kids. I think Michael and Brian were going into that series with the hopes of bringing in a new generation, which clearly they were already able to do with Avatar being released to Netflix. Now, with Netflix kind of trying to skew it in a different direction, they're like, fuck this. This is not what we agreed to. It's hard. Like, at some point, you have to decide, do you want to be a show that kids can watch? Or do you want to be a show that, like, is... For the nostalgia. For the adult. No. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I think a good parallel is, like, Marvel. Ooh. And how Marvel has gotten more adult, but, like, they teeter on the line so kids can obviously still watch it. Right. Like, but they, they say make... things that adults get, but kids are like, what? Right. But like, <laughs> that's what... But, okay, so if you look, read, um, read, watch back, like, let's say Sweet Life is Zack and Cody, or, like, a show, or a, a Boy Meets World, there are so many subtle references to, like, more adult topics that us as kids never got, but they were always there. So now us being elderly now, we're starting to see those kind of, like, blurred lines become more clear to us. Perfect. Yeah, so okay, that's a part of the but problem. But that's still, like, something to consider when you're going to make this show. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you want to appeal to everyone, or do you want to make it, like, this, ad like... Adult I hate to, show. to draw the parallel again, but like when they made Game of Thrones, they were like, "We're gonna go in the fantasy genre, and it's not gonna be for kids." Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's we don't care about that. Like right. it's not for the kids, and they were you. able to make it. I think part of what made it so much better mm -hmm. is like how real. There's an element to things that are for kids that isn't real. Like right. when you take out like sex curses, like. As an adult now in my prime <laughs> you of life. You are? As an adult in my prime of life. Like, it, it feels like there's something weird missing, missing about a movie when, like, you can't broach these subjects that are, like, so crucial. Oh, so you're saying, like, okay, so you're saying, like, if they want to go full adult, you have to go full adult. And if you don't, like, you have to, like, you have to pick a lane and you have to I have it. a perfect one that didn't know what it was. A perfect movie that didn't know what it was. Let's hear it. Try to guess what it is. I have no idea. There's so many films. Cat in the Hat. What? Cat in the Hat movie was the most inappropriate children's movie oh, in the history of our time. You are so true. And about that, that is the reason why Dr. Seuss's estate will not give the go-ahead for any more live-action movies based you, on his book. That Honestly, was just not necessary. Like it was. It was a great movie. That's it was a, a movie that is not necessary to make it an adult. film. That movie scared me. I no, was like, like, what is happening? There right are now? so many parts of that that are. Sexual innuendos, yeah, that are just very just inappropriate. Like the kid, and it was not like a kids movie, like eight to twelve. It was like for like 
That's a movie for very young kids. Okay, but yeah. there's also a difference between sexual innuendos that kids won't get and Khal Drogo, like, pounding <laughs> Khaleesi from behind. And you're what? Seeing, like, <laughs> it's like, like, it's just a different level. Like, yeah, I'm not saying 100%. you need that if you really want to cater to the kids. But I'm just saying, like, you ha- it seems like on one end, Netflix is like, we want to we wanna kick this up and not. Like, yeah. another example, I know you guys don't watch, Lucifer is... Was on regular like TV, yeah, I think, Fox. Or Fox, and then they moved it over to Netflix. And you know exactly when they move it over to Netflix because they start like they Turn throw in curse words. That they, happened, like he's yeah. got his bare ass on screen. Like nobody's complaining, but now like <laughs> it's a different thing. Like it was never a kid show, right. but like. I see where Netflix tries to like turn up the heat a little. Right, 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 right. And for Avatar, it's like decide what you want to be. The same thing happened with Designated Survivor. It used to be on TV. They canceled it. Netflix picked it up. And all of a sudden, they're just dropping F-bombs like every (laughs) Which honestly, so uh, I watched Selling Sunset, obviously, as we know, for last week. And then I watched some more this week. And they like, when they curse, I'm like expecting the bleep. But then it never comes. And I... I, li- I like it. I have to be honest. I really do. Um, all right. So that was our screening room little articles. Now we are going to get to our favorite. Honestly, I think we can all say this is our favorite movie of all times. Uh, well. What? Our are favorite, we backtracking our right now? Our favorite movie teetering on the kids line. <laughs> <laughs> National Treasure. See, the Lizzie McGuire movie doesn't know what it is either. Like, the pal of sexual tension. It was ungodly. Oh, stop. I'm kidding. Okay, here's what I'll say about the Lizzie McGuire movie. She is supposed to be 14 in that movie. Okay, so then I'm not going to say what I was just going to (laughs) say. Because, no, off off, off script. I won't say it. All right, good. We're playing a game. So, we are playing a how well... A how well do you remember the Lizzie McGuire movie game? So we have contestant number one, Stephen DeMarco. <laughs> and contestant number two, Sabrina Nicole Musto. You're going down. <laughs> so this has been brought to you by BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed is not a sponsor of ours, but BuzzFeed, if you want to sponsor us, call me. This this win is for my good friend Victoria. She loves this movie. Love you, Vic. Thank you. Are you playing for anybody today, Sabrina? No. <laughs> Just for yourself. Just for me. Just for awesome. the underworld. Thank you so much. All right, so let's get started. Number one. What song does Lizzie dance to at the start of the movie? Sabrina. The tide is high. Ooh. Correct. One for Sabrina. Oh, somebody has to keep track. It's like, this is your show. All right, fine. I'll keep track. I'll keep track. One for Sabrina. Don't mess it up. No. Question number two. Where is Miranda? The water park. That's not even an option. No. She was at Splish Splash. Some water. Some theme park. Theme park. Some theme park. Uh, all right. I'll give you the um, the options for this one. Grounded on a vacation in Mexico. No, she... That's he not one of your options. Okay, fine. Jesus. Okay, Sabrina, over to you. She was in rehab, I think, actually. No! <laughs> in real life, you're saying? Read us. Read us the options. Now you She's read us the options real life. we both get it. Fine. Okay, grounded on vacation in Mexico, stuck at home sick on a different school trip. Different school trip. Vacation in Mexico. Oh, Sabrina for the win! 
to zero. And she was on a vacation in Mexico. She's in Mexico City. I will not let you down, Vic. Number, okay, number three. What does Kate accuse Lizzie of at graduation? Steven. Outfit repeater. Fuck, that's (laughs) I wasn't ready on the button. Two, one, two, one, ready. All right, we're not answering the question. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the sap, who is the chaperone for the Italy trip? Sabrina. This is Ungermeyer. I'm in a fucking hole right now. <laughs> Three my, one. My How many one. questions are left? What does Miss Ungermeyer call Gordo when she you first can't... meets him and throughout the film? Brown knows her with a hidden agenda. A sne- no, it's wrong. It's no, wrong. it's not. It's, no, it's wrong. It's a sneaky little brown no, with a hidden no, agenda. No, no, no. I have to be honest. You I have, have to, to give be it honest. to me. I have to be honest. I have to give it to Steven because yes. all they were looking for was brown noser. <laughs> That's all he was looking for. Standing up, everyone! (laughs) It's 3-2, guys. This is getting intense. What does Lizzie make Gordo promise they'll do? Sabrina. She said, on this trip, promise me we'll have adventures. She is right! 4-2! This is a crock of shit! (laughs) Where does Lizzie first meet Paolo? The Trevi Fountain! He is right! 4-3! Let's fucking go. What's the name of Paolo's bodyguard? You didn't even hear it! You don't know it. Sergey! Oh, you- oh, what's the score? <laughs> what's the fucking score? 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. Four, four. He is just buzzes up. All right, I new roll. Everybody new roll. Right we now. have to finish the question. Yes. You just buzz. We have to finish the question. From here on out. Right now, but Steven then- is standing up. He threw his chair to the side. <laughs> Sabrina is literally dripping sweat. This is insane. <laughs> Okay, hold Any on. Any loyal viewer will know that I don't sweat. So oh my god. Wait, can you just tell us how many questions are what does, I have eight. absolutely no idea. What do you mean? It's 4-4. Four, four, let's keep going. We're gonna need it. What <laughs> does a fan hand Lizzie? Steven. Cheese wheel, Parmesan, Reggiana. Oh my god, he's right. I know he's right. <laughs> I know he's right. 4-5. 4-5. Right. What does, what's the name of Matt's friend who helped him oh, sorry, him take down Lizzie? Fuck, I don't know. Oh, what's the blonde girl? The little blonde girl. girl. Little blonde devil girl. Five. Wait. Four. Max. That's not an option. <laughs> I don't know. Four. I don't know. Three, two, one. It is Melena. Uh, that I'm... is not true. <laughs> Melina? <laughs> no. M E L I N A. Because her mom comes in, she's like, Melena, are you staying for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly the line. You didn't get it though, sorry. I know, I know. It's five, still four, five. All right. Four, five. Uh, Steven's winning. All right, next. What does Paolo ask Lizzie to do for Isabella? Steven. Lip sync for her. Uh, take her place at the concert. Sing with him at a concert? Yep. Wrong! Sabrina, for the steal. Come on. He, what do you mean? What, what is, is, what is, what is he ask Lizzie to do in place for Isabella? It's very specific. He wants her to lip sync with him at the concert. Is that your final answer before we move on to Steven? It looks like he might have thought of something else. And learn her dance moves. Nope. Dye her hair. Nope. Oh my god, what? Present with him at an award show. That's crock of shit. It is. No, it's the truth. What is so this right sport? now it's four five still. You guys are you we, stop. They're getting Which harder. Which dress does Lizzie choose for the show? The pink It's not a dress it's not a dress. It's a crop top with pink pants and it has a t- throwaway skirt. Um, more specifically at the, um, at the, when she's trying on all the different looks, which one does she choose out of the ones that she's trying on there? Uh, she chooses the pink dress at the end. Um, the silk pink 
dress. Incorrect. What? So these are hard. Lizzie insists that she has a dress custom made. She doesn't actually pick out the Which dress. Which custom made into the a pants. Trick question. Listen, listen, guys. A Take it up the BuzzFeed. I literally We're still four five. Dress to the team. How does Matt convince his parents to fly to Rome to see Lizzie? Steven. He shows her a newspaper article with a picture of her with the Lizzie necklace in the photo. It's a magazine. No. Uh, uh, You're wrong. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> Sabrina from the Steel. Okay, read the question again. How does Matt convince his parents to fly to Rome to see Lizzie? He... I remember I this. I know it. 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 You have six seconds. Six, five, four, three... He's, I don't Two. know, it's the necklace. He, she's, they see the, I don't know. I miss my sister. Yes, I miss my sister. But he doesn't get it because I miss my sister. Already. I miss my sister. You don't get it though. Yeah, you're what? not wrong. Why don't you I get it wrong? wrong. You, you gave it back, back to me though. I had time after she- It was the steal, it was the steal. All right, this four, six. Sabrina, I, I'm gonna need you to keep it. Wait, are we buzzing before or after the question? Okay. After the question okay. finishes. All right, Jesus. Why does Paolo say they have to sing at the International Video Music Awards? Sabrina. Because, wait, what do you, what does he, why does he say they have to sing? Yes. Because they have to do their sing and dance at the show. They have to perform. It's when they give the award, they have to sing. Uh, I'm, they're looking for something a little bit more specific. Because the people expect them to perform. They're Paolo and Isabella. The label is threatening to sue. I was going to say the label. I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to give it to her. It's enough. It was enough. You're it was enough. It was enough. It's four. It's four, six. It's four, six. It's, it's, uh, sorry. Five, six. Five, six. Yes, yes, yes. When Mrs. Ungermeyer suspects Lizzie is sneaking out, how does Gorgo cover for her? Steven. She. She. Has a fee. He has a fever. She has a fever. No. Says, says she's sick in bed. No. I know it. That is not one of the options. He takes the fall and says that he's the one that's been sneaking out. Oh! No, we have no, a, no! We have a comeback story. 6-6. Six, six. Oh, my God. No, no. What does Paolo tell Lizzie? She shines like right before you the didn't show. finish the question. What does Paolo tell Lizzie? She shines like right before the show. Sabrina. The light from the sun. Oh, she she's right. Like this sun isn't working! Seven, yelling six, into the mic. Seven six. What does Isabella say to Paolo when they finally come face to face? Sabrina. Sing to me, Paolo. This is absolute. Steven is getting massacred right now. How long do Lizzie's parents say she's grounded for? Sabrina. Eternity until college. No. No. Nope. The whole summer. Yup. Eight seven. He's coming back. Oh, Eight wow. seven. He's coming How back. How many questions is this? We are that near the end. We're near no, the we're end. not. We're near the end. That's nineteen questions. I think. Oh my god. What happens to Matt's blackmail? She did. Sabrina. He didn't finish the question. He didn't finish the question. You didn't finish the question. What is it? What is it? What is the concierge in the hotel throws it into the fountain at the hotel. Oh my god, she's right. Oh, you <laughs> didn't finish the question. I it's thought we had rules. It is nine six. We nine, had seven. seven. Nine seven. Okay, we had. Oh rules. my god. I guys, 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 guys. How many questions? This are? is the last. So I won. Question. She won. This is for all the marbles. No, wait, she won. This is for all the marbles. We'll do it she for won. Fun, we'll, we'll. I'll come up with the tiebreaker. Yeah, you will. No, okay. there needs to be twenty questions exactly. Finally. What does 
Everybody watch your fucking hands. Mm-hmm. What does Gordo say after he and Lizzie kiss? Sabrina. Was this enough adventure for you? No. I'm sorry. That was not. This is for all the marbles, Stephen. Please. What does Gordo say? Finally. What does Gordo say after he and Lizzie kiss? There's no way I remember. I've wanted to do that all summer. Incorrect. What did he say? He says, thanks. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He said thanks. That is The tea. only appropriate response to a kiss from the Hillary Duff is thanks. Thank you. So, how we leave off. Uh, I think it was uh, 19. <laughs> Sabrina with the absolute massacre. Massacre. <laughs> she fucking. Eh, eh, eh. I won my job. But you guys but, messed up on f- only five questions. So you got 15 out of 20 right. This is what dreams are made of, guys. No, we're playing a game next week on another movie. Oh, this was awesome. Okay. All right, you're welcome. That was amazing. <laughs> Let us move forward. Vic, that just means Stephen hates you. <laughs> uh, Sabrina wasn't even playing for anyone. Pathetic. Oh my God, this was awesome. The underworld thanks me <laughs> We We actually have a follow-up game, guys. So before we get we into all the fun stuff in the main stage, we're going to play a quick... We're going to play a quick main stage game before we move on to all the fun stuff such as the... Um, the billboard and the new music. So we are going to do a, a this or that. Yes. And this is not really like anything to win. But we're just us giving our yes. humble opinions. And we're going to pass them around. So like you'll read and we'll say this or that. Yes, and love we're it. Pass them around. So first up, Drake edition. Laugh Now, Cry Later, which is his new song that came out this week. Or Best I Ever Had, Stephen. Best I Ever Had. Best I Ever Had. Okay. Cardigan or Love Story by Taylor Swift. That is a tough one. Love story. Love story. Why? Good. Although neither are my favorite by her. Good. Interesting. Well, I have to yeah, agree same. with that. So. Okay. Beyonce edition. Love it. Pray You Catch Me or Crazy in Love. Crazy in Love. The absolute classic of the century. Honestly, I love Pray You Catch Me. I love really? everything. Really? I love everything Lemonade. Lemonade, yeah. That was a mood for you at the time. It was. Um, <laughs> it was. Nicki Minaj edition. Chun Li or Moment for Life. Moment for life. Moment for life. All I'm gathering is that we love throwbacks. Chun Li sucks. Uh, Is this one? This is always my desires. Duh. We can't stop for seven things. Seven things. Oh. Both of these are throwbacks, though. I would argue. We can't stop was only from 2013. Wasn't that so much a throwback? Fun. Yeah, true. I'll give it to you. Ariana Grande edition. Oh, it fell on How me. How did they sneak in? How I perfect. Fought to the death. <laughs> seven things or the way. The way. I love seven rings, but the way just is a special place in all of our all hearts. Right. Um. Next is the boy band throwback. Well, one of them, "Burning Up" by the Jonas Brothers, or "What Makes You Beautiful" by One Direction. What Jonas Brothers option? Burning up. Burning up, yeah. Burning up. It has to be. Oh, of 100%. 100%. Rigged. I want it that way. Or summertime. <laughs> oh, I want it that way. That's easy. It's not that easy, but okay. <laughs> okay. Give it up. Oh, well, let's preface. Preface. That this is from two throwback shows. Yes. Victorious and Big Time Rush. So it's give it up or boyfriend. Give it up. 1,000%. And then I think the next one should be for all of us. Okay. These are two classics. Okay. So there's Temperature 
by Sean Paul. By Sean Paul. And Hot in Here by Nelly. Ooh. So hot, yeah. <laughs> and I would have to say temperature. Temperature. I say temperature. That's, uh, is that, was that a climate theme? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. He What's your the pick? Team, guys. For me? Ooh, that's, uh, that's, te- it gotta be temperature. Temperature. Sean Paul. Okay. I love that. That okay. was a fun game. That was a fun little one. Not as fun as the Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire one and seeing you guys. Next week I will curate the game. Out. I will curate the game next week. Listen, don't be a sore loser. Okay. Let's go to the Billboard 200 top 10 for the week and the Billboard Hot 100 top 5 and bottom 5. In the week ending of August 15th on the Billboard 200 at number 1 for a second week in the row is Folklore by Taylor Swift. Number two is Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Number three is Legends Never Die by Juice World. Number four is Hamilton, the American Musical. Number five is My Turn by Lil Baby. Number six is Blame It On Baby by DaBaby. Number seven is Fine Line by Harry Styles. Number eight is Wanna by Gunna. Number nine is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. And number 10 is a re-entry for The Lion King, The Gift soundtrack by none other than Beyonce. Going over to the Hot 100 at number one for the week ending in August 15th. We have at number one for the first time, I think, Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. It has absolutely taken over radio. Because TikTok. Number two, true. Number two is Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich. Number three is What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow featuring DaBaby, Tory Lanez, and Lil Wayne. DaBaby. <laughs> number four <laughs> is Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And number, no- number five is Roses by St. John. Moving down to number 95, we have a re-entry, Breaking Me by Topic and A7S. Number 96 is Blood on My Jeans by Juice World. Number 97 is Lion King on Ice by J. Cole. Number 98 is Seven by Taylor Swift. Number 99 is a re-entry for Lil Durk featuring a Lil Baby and Polo G called Three-Headed Goat. And number 10, uh, number 100, sorry, is another re-entry called after Party by Don Tolliver. Moving forward to some new releases for the week. We have Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus. This was like a good new vibe for her. She went like 70s disco, love it. She said she's not putting out an album. She wants to keep with her same theme of like little singles here and there. She put out that EP, I think it was actually earlier last summer. Um, So I think more to come from her. We have Ciara released Rooted featuring Esther Dean. Alicia Keys released So Done featuring Khalid from her upcoming album. Fletcher released If I Hated You. Sophie Tucker and Gorgon City released House Arrest. Jaden released Rainbow Bap from his CTV3 Cool Tape Volume 3. I think it's a mixtape, it's considered. Charlie Puth and Black Bear released Hard on Yourself. Phenomenal. Kane Brown released his mixtape Volume 1 EP. Just a few songs for the summer. It was very good. I actually shockingly liked it um, because I didn't like Cool Again. Uh, J. Cole released Be Free. Mac Miller had a deluxe re-release posthumously, obviously, of his kids' album black bear also released a little bit dua lipa had off of her future nostalgia 
remix album coming soon, Levitating. Burna Boy released The Monsters You Made featuring Chris Martin. And Drake finally released, as we talked about a little bit before, Laugh Now, Cry Later featuring Lil Durk. So on to the Netflix top 10 for the week. So at number one is Project Power, which, spoiler alert, we're actually going to be doing for next week's topic. So this is with Jamie Foxx, Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback. An ex-soldier, a teen, and a cop collide in New Orleans as they hunt for the source behind a dangerous new pill that grants users temporary superpowers. So make sure you watch that. It's actually something we're promoting on the top 10. Number two is The Legend of Korra. It is on Netflix and it is the sequel series or spin-off series of the Avatar The Last Airbender. So this is obviously phenomenal. Number three is The Lost Husband. Okay. This says, looking to start anew, a widow retreats with her children to her aunt's goat farm where the ranch manager helps her navigate country life and loss. Okay, goodbye. Number four is the Umbrella Academy, back again. Number five is Mr. Peabody and Sherman, a little throwback. Number six is a new series called Teenage Bounty Hunters. It looks okay. Number seven is Unwell, which is a docuseries that takes a deep dive into the lucrative wellness industry, which touts health and healing. But do the products live up to the promises? I'm guessing that we're going to find out that a lot of them don't. Number eight is World's Most Wanted. Number nine is Shameless. And number 10, back again, is The Seven Deadly Sins, which is a anime series. So that is our Netflix top 10 for the week. Moving forward to, okay, we have our controversies of the week. I think me and Sabrina have a controversy for this week, don't we, right? Yes, we do. So Sabrina, tell us what is your controversy for this here week? My controversy is Keeping Up With The Kardashians released their promo for the upcoming season in which we see Khloe Kardashian wearing an outfit that is all too familiar. <laughs> so a few months ago, Khloe posted, I don't even think it actually was that long ago, but recently, fairly recently, mm -hmm. Khloe Kardashian posted a photo in her glam and the same outfit, and it was oh my torn, God. Apart, torn apart by the masses for being extremely photoshopped. And now the actual photo of her sitting in her talking head has come out. Yeah. And it's like night and day. It doesn't even look like what she currently looks like now. Like if you look at other photos of her from now, she doesn't even look like that. Like yeah. something is off. So my controversy is that <laughs> just that. Just that. Like what is she doing and why is she doing it? Like Chloe doesn't need to do it. When we see her on the show. No, like she doesn't. You know, yeah. she's, she's leveled up. 100%. Since they got totally stupid rich. Absolutely. And she, you know, stands up there with the rest of her siblings. Like, why does she feel the need to go and, like, facetune these photos to death? It's too much. And then use the same look on your on the show, show. So that people can literally, what they're doing is just putting the pictures next to each other and saying, like, what is this? Oh, absolutely. 100%. So, I don't know why she does it. Who said that who did that we would need answers yeah <laughs> love it i have a controversy it just came to me oh okay 
We um, lost 35 minutes of <laughs> audio. It was terrible. In, in, while recording this. It was a terrible time for yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not All right. good. Well, my controversy is, so I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Patrick Starr is getting his own spinoff show. So, Word on the Street is Nickelodeon Greenlit, a 13-episode season of the Patrick Starr show, which is supposed to be SpongeBob's sidekick as the star of his own late-night-esque show with his family joining in on the fun. I would like to say that I think my controversy part of this kind of topic is that when the creator, Steven Hillenburg was alive one of the like bedrock clauses in his deal with Nickelodeon was that you will not make any Spongebob spinoffs I want to keep the brand itself and its own now that he passed away only a short year ago they're immediately in production on two different spinoffs so I would like to say as much as we all love Spongebob and he all holds a special place in all of our hearts and our childhoods, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they could not honor this now dead man's wishes. I think it's ridiculous. I agree. It's not going to work. What do you mean it's not going to work? It's not going to work. What's not going to work? Look at the show Friends. Yeah. They tried to do a spinoff with, <laughs> with Joe. Oh, the show's not going to work. The SpongeBob's not Sp- going to work. Patrick's show's not going to work. It's not going to work. Well, you know what? It's what they Kids deserve. Kids don't care about spinoffs. It's just so greedy. Yeah. It, yeah it is. And that's why Steven didn't want that because he made the show for kids, right. not as a money grab. Respect so for them the to do that. Of the brains behind the show that's been on TV for a million years. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. And I think we all know that SpongeBob is a far cry from what it once was when we were. Oh, kids. you still want? You still keep up? Oh, I keep up some trials. No, you don't. I do what I do. I was more of a Disney kid. <laughs> you do not watch SpongeBob anymore. And lastly, before we head out to next week's topics, we have our helpful hand of hope, which Steven said that he actually has one for us this week. I have a really good helpful so hand of hope. So let's hear what it I'm is. I'm nervous. Just say As oh, the chief executive officer of Mario's Tinder account. Oh, no! <laughs> Oh, God. We had a hit late, uh, actually, the early morning of Saturday, <laughs> uh, March 15th, uh, August 15th. August we had, we had a, can I read the, I want to read what no, no, the no, first no, message. No. It's no. good. No. an invasion of a woman's privacy. No. I'm not going to give her a social out. Relax. No. But knows. it is, it was good. We, you know, uh, dare I say, they're going on a date. <laughs> Potentially this Friday. So if it happens, we will be recapping the date on next week's show. I don't know how I feel about this, but yes, nonetheless, he's he's so red, and it's only for us. Lovely. All right, good. So next week's topics, we mentioned it before. We are going to be recapping Project Power. Something a little different for for us, but I think that this week went pretty well, guys. Right? Throwback special. How did we like? We liked very much. We liked very much. All right, good. So let's call a spade a spade. You're not prepared. So next week will be a little bit of a mystery. <laughs> oh God! So um, if we decide not to recap, uh, what's the movie? Project Power. If we decide not to recap Project Power, <laughs> don't be surprised. I mean, <laughs> don't be surprised. Well, as always, I want to say... doesn't want to watch it. She's trying to get out of watching it. Oh my God! Well, you should talk about getting out of watching things. No, Adam's yeah, gonna want to exactly. watch it. Anyway. So. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And Andy, I'll see you soon.